It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the afternoon here on Ausbiz for the call. For the next 60 minutes or so, we take a look at 10 stocks you've suggested. I put those stocks to two experts for their adjudication. The panel today is a beauty, uh, always uh, full of great information. Henry Jennings from uh, Marcus today is out of his little <laughs> bubble and live in our Brangery studios yes. for the first time in a while. I know. That's great. It's good, isn't it? It's yeah, great. Yeah. Good to be here. Yeah, it's good fun. to have you in. Um, and for in the West, Carl Capolinga from uh, Think Markets. We've got a bit of bit of trouble uh, connecting him. I don't think Mark McGowan has cut them off <laughs> digitally from the rest of Australia. But, could uh, happen. Could yeah, happen. Exactly right. But um, a lot to get through today, some uh, terrific stocks, a really good selection. In the first half hour, we're going to take a look at Avita Medical, Cunico, United Malt, Aristocrat, and also Strike Energy. So a really diverse group of stocks, which I love. Um, But stock of the day, thought we'd take a look at uh, Telstra. A bit of a shock today uh, because uh, Andy Penn, the boss of Telstra, retiring as chief executive after more than seven years in the role, uh, current CFO, so uh, Andy Penn's 2IC at Telstra, Vicky Brady, um, will be Penn's successor come September this year. We also heard in the budget last night, Telstra will bear the lion's share of the $812 million fix for mobile black spots. Uh, shares dipping a little bit into the red today. Um, Henry... Change Andy Penn has sort of Telstra's redeemed itself over the last couple of years. He's actually had this reorganisation plan that's delivered, and investors have come swamping back into Telstra. He has. I mean, he's been there seven years. It's, I, I kind of thought he'd be around for a little bit longer. I've got to say, right. Koshi. Yep. Um, T22, you'd think he'd go, you know, T25 and be around at least to see. 22 out of the way. Well, I guess September he will be. Yep. Um, he has done a pretty good job. I always call him the tech man in a cardi um, <laughs> because it's, Telstra has this daggy image and, and Andy doesn't really do the whole Mark Zuckerberg T-shirt right. look or, or whatever as a, as a tech icon. Yep. Um, but he has done a pretty good job. I guess what's interesting is the market reaction to this mm. was really yeah, ho-hum, you know, down right. a cent. Um, you know, if you're the CEO leaving after seven years, maybe you want to see it down a bit more so that people right. think, oh, my God, it's all going to change. Um, <laughs> right. And if you're the incoming person, you want to see it up a bit because that's a vote of confidence in you. Yeah. So the fact that it's down one cent, I guess, yeah. is telling you something. Uh, they are going to get a bit of a lift from the budget, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to help. But Andy Penn, I guess he's built on David Thode's legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went through the whole Sol Trujillo yes. experience where he managed to antagonise the government at every available opportunity. Experience is one way of describing <laughs> the it. The Sol yeah. experience, definitely. Um, and then we had David Thody, who yeah. then built on, I mean, Sol at least built a, a great technology platform for Thody to work on, rebuild those government relations. And Andy has really, I guess he's transformed Telstra into 
uh, from a tech with Cardi to maybe a little bit more techy yeah. uh, in some respects. He simplified the product range. I think there was something like 1,800 different product lines down yeah. to 20. Yeah. Um, he's made it a far more <coughs> friendly kind of company. The ads are good. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all about Australia. Um, so I think he's done a, a pretty good job. It's a shame that he's not going to see it through yeah. to the to the end, but I guess there is no real end yeah. in technology. In technology, so you know, all up, I guess a tick, and the fact that it hasn't um, gone up or gone down right. means that we're we're looking at safe hands with Vicky Brady, who was the CFO, now going to yeah. be the CEO from September. So. Um, yeah. See, Telstra did never deliver for years, did it? And no. that was a great disappointment. Yep. It was. It just killed a lot of shareholders. Yep. Andy Penn set a reorganisation plan, delivered on it, and rationalised the whole thing into something hopefully a bit more nimble, a bit yeah, more flexible in the I tech think, world. I think so. Yeah, I think you know they've even got some you know tech incubation kind of investments happening as yep. well. There's the separation of towers and all that sort of thing. He was always given, I suspect, a bit of a hospital pass by David Thody yeah. because that was the whole NBN problem with the copper wires and, and the fact that they were losing access to that and they were going to be compensated, but that was over a period of time. So, you know, the market had to look through that valley. It has done. Um, you know, when you're looking for defensive Australian focus stocks, with uh, pricing power to some extent, yeah. uh, because God, we all need yeah. technology. We all need our, our Telstra things. Uh, you know, this this one does tick a lot of boxes. So okay, so are you interested in this? I, th I this think price so. at three ninety. I think so. Yeah, they they did right. top out around four thirty, four forty yeah. uh, earlier in the year. So there's there's clearly some upside there. Um, it's a matter of selling the story, matter of getting comfortable with right. uh, with Vicky Brady. Um, it has been Andy Penn for so long. Um, seven years, yeah. but um, really and truly, you know, it's going to be a bit of an adjustment, I guess. But um, in this kind of market, people looking for inflation hedges with with pricing power, um, dom domestic domesticated focus, right? Uh, as well, so that um, you don't have to worry about the A dollar yep. and all the political and geopolitical things that are happening at the moment. It's um, it's probably not a bad place to be for investors, okay. and it's got that yield, of course. All right. And so uh, a yes from you for Telstra? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, why not? All right. Good. Yeah. All right. Still having trouble getting Carl up, but um, um, Henry is never short of a word, so I think <laughs> we can easily <laughs> we can fill the easily hour. fill the hour. That's for sure. Um, uh, Ian wants a view, uh, Henry, on Avita Medical. Uh, this is in regenerative medicine, uh, burns injury, trauma injuries, injuries, chronic wounds, dermatological uh, area. What do you think of a beta? Now, are they the one with the green stick? No. They're, no, no, that's a different one. A beta are the guys with a technology called Resell. That's right. Which um, effectively uses uh, cells from a patient to be sort of injected or spread, sprayed on effectively right. onto the wound site, closes the wound and encourages new cells to grow. I have to say, when you look through their presentation, it does look like an episode of Silent Witness. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some seriously out there kind of pictures of, of major trauma, major burns, right. all the stuff they can treat. And that they, they present it, you know, it's, it's good, this is going to be presented and it has been presented at medical conferences. So they're probably used to that. Yeah. But when you, you know, you're seeing it on a big screen on a PowerPoint an presentation <laughs> and you're seeing this, it's, it's kind of confronting. <laughs> you, you were expecting Amanda Burton to jump out and say, well, you know, right. this was a well-nourished male in his 50s. <laughs> um, 
So um, it, I, the interesting thing about this is it's got its a competitor. So yeah. Polynovo, PNV, yeah. is kind of the, the one that sits alongside it. And, yeah. and they have a technology as well, which is similar uh, in some, you know, it, it treats burn and trauma. Yeah, it's victims. in that same sector. It's in the same sector. Yeah. Now, that's probably as far as it goes in terms of the technology because uh, Avita is, is very much a spray-on, whereas yeah. a Polynovo has more of a, a kind of a, a scaffolding right. uh, product. Uh, the interesting thing is Polynovo is about 800 million market cap. And Avita is about 150. Ah. So, and and the revenue numbers aren't that dissimilar. Obviously, it is different technology, and people get very excited about Polynovo because it's got implications for this structure being used in hernias, yeah. in, in in breasts. It's like a mesh type. Yes, thing, a mesh. That? Yes. Yeah. Um, whereas the whereas the uh, the Avita stuff is is more a kind of a a spray on yeah. uh, skin, if you like. Um, but certainly, there's some massive advantages uh, for. Um, Avita and it look, just looks a bit unloved, overdone. Oh, look, just look at the charts there. Uh, if we can go back to the 12 month chart, um, it's had a real fall from grace um, uh, uh, over the last couple of months. Yes. Look at that, up at 580 just back in June. Now at 230. Yeah, I, the problem was, part of the problem was, apart from COVID and the lack of trauma and burns victims coming to hospitals because yeah. everyone was at, was at home, um, was they, they changed their primary listing from Australia to the US yeah. uh, some years ago, a couple of years ago, and it really kind of knocked the stuffing out of this one and it became a bit of a sideshow. Right. Um, and as a result, most people have gravitated towards Polynovo as their oh. kind of play in that sector. Uh, whereas uh, Avita's just been left behind. But right. as I say, the revenue numbers mm. are not dissimilar. Uh, it's really smart technology, and there's more implications, I guess, than, um, you know, than they're currently treating with burns and trauma. Right. They're getting good uh, revenue coming through, uh, building up a US sales team, etc. So I don't think it's too bad at these kind of levels. It's had a bit of a bounce, but in the big scheme of things, Still yeah. a long way behind where yeah. it was. And when you look at the comparative valuation between Polynovo, which at one stage was nearly a $2 billion company with absolutely you know, very little revenue at all, yeah. and uh, Avita, which uh, you know, was languishing, uh, there, there was a sort of a, a switch, a roux that could have been done there uh, quite, um, right. quite successfully, I think. So okay. I, I like this one at this level. Mm. So I think it's got, got upside. I mean, okay. it's up 7.5% today. So yeah. clearly I'm not uh, Robinson Crusoe. Uh, here on this one, but right. um, you know, around two bucks if you can get it around there. I think you know, if you put it away, and as more orders come in and more revenue comes in, I think it should. Okay. Uh, should so buy at these levels. Yeah. It's got a share chart uh, similar to Fisher and Paykel, um, yeah, uh, which came up yesterday on the call, and it's sort of there are these little, not little, big stocks out there. They've just had a terrible time but are actually good solid businesses i know that but you it's, know uh, the panel yesterday was saying yeah buy fisher and pikel it's a great company well run yeah i mean they've obviously got some margin pressures going on at the moment with freight same with, yeah. with resmed to an extent yeah and, Ansel, um, yeah. and and they don't you know the, the pricing of, of uh, sleep apnea machines it seems to be generic yeah you know they're, they're 14 1500 bucks whether you buy phillips uh, Fisher and Paykel or a ResMed, where yeah. they start to make some money is on the masks and the periphery yeah. kind of the, the accessories. The, the accessories, you know, yeah. your, your designer bag that you put your sleep machine in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, 
<laughs> that sort of stuff. But, you know, it is interesting because here we are, you know, not that far away from an all-time high on the ASX. Yeah. And yet there's a whole swathe of stocks that are down and out and just look shocking. And good stocks. And good stocks. Good stocks, stocks that, you know, in the last bull run up to the all-time high, you, could, you know, you couldn't buy them for love nor money. Yeah. They were just going nuts. Yeah. And here we are, you know, tech sell off in the US. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of, in theory, in theory, bargains out there in these kind of bombed out stocks. Yeah. Maybe even Fisher and Paykel. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That are good um, companies. Well, that are good yeah. companies that are maybe going through a hiccup for whatever yeah. reason in the short term. All right, let's go from medical to uh, uh, to resource. And uh, Peter wants a view on, is it Cunico? Um, copper, nickel and cobalt projects in Scandinavia. Um, what do you think of Cunico? Um, there are a myriad of these out there, aren't there? I mean, yep. Cunico came out of Vulcan Energy, which is the oh. lithium geothermal yeah, yeah. brine company. Which has been a star. Uh, which has been a star. And uh, I've talked... And I've talked to uh, Dr. Francis Badim a number of times uh, for, for our newsletter and podcast ah. talking about the Vulcan thing. And Cunico was the kind of the bit, the, the exploration bit in, in Scandinavia. Uh, they've got a number of uh, cobalt projects, a number of other things that they just kind of, not jettisoned because they've still got a big shareholding in, but just wanted to, um, I guess, focus on, on the lithium brine geothermal project right. they've got in the, in the Rhine Valley. So yep. um, this one... There's, there's a lot out there. Yeah. You know, they're, not, they're not alone. These guys are looking for um, historically very, very, very productive mines in Scandinavia, mines that have produced over a, a long period of time good resources, whether that's cobalt, um, you know, I've just got to get the pronunciation right, the Scuderud, I think that's it. The Scuderud, what? The Scuderud. Oh, Scuderud. I, I haven't watched enough. Yeah, uh, they, I haven't watched enough. Those Scandinavian towns, I never I go there. I have watched enough Scandi Noir. <laughs> all I would say is that all the mine workers are probably there being murdered as we speak oh, by some on. dodgy serial killer. Um, but they do have... Uh, this, is, this is a battery metals company uh, right. in Scandinavia, um, and they've, they're, they're redoing workings in historic areas where they've had really good production in the past. So you've got to think that the, the, the stuff's there. Technology's yeah. changed since the... 1890s and the 1900s when some of this was mined uh, so you know it's, it's certainly got potential it's going to be driven by the drill bit it's probably one of those speculative buys uh, mm. get close to the company mm. get to find out really a little bit more about what they do uh, maybe follow but it is so you've got a spec buy on it well I yeah i mean it it, it, it oh, everyone, that sounds so well everyone gets ex everyone gets yeah. excited about these things and it, they are driven by the drill bit if you get a bad result or they don't find right. anything then obviously but you know, over time, and these things take five, ten years yeah. to come to fruition. So you know, what, what I say today could be completely meaningless right. in, in three weeks' time if okay. they find nothing. But it's the stuff is there because uh, it has been there. Whether it's all been mined remains to be seen. Okay. So I, you know, I guess in this environment. So, so Peter has seen it as a spec buy. Any he, he recently got in? Yeah, so. I think you know that that'd probably be the okay. way of things. All right, um, we have managed to. Uh, Get the tin cans together to uh, to uh, WA, Carl Capolinga there. Tell you what. We thought <laughs> Mark McGowan may have closed the digital board as well as, but uh, no. Could no, have no, been. Good to have you here. Um, oh, it's we'll, good to be here, finally. Uh, that's right. We'll uh, catch up with a couple of things. Stock of the day, Tilstra. Yep. Uh, Andy Penn stepping down, CFO stepping up. Uh, Vicky, what do, what do you think of, uh, of the announcement and um, Telstra's share price at the moment? 
Uh, well, yeah, I guess it probably makes sense, isn't it? Uh, obviously, the big T22 restructure is pretty much done. So I think, I think uh, Andy Penn's probably thinking his, his job's done and it's time to, to hand over for the next phase of, uh, you know, Telstra's story, whatever that might be. You know, fingers crossed it, it has turned the corner. I mean, it, it, the last few reports, it seems to be on the up and up. Um, you know, valuation's not terrible for us. You know, I think there's probably 5 or 6% upside in it. Uh, from our fair value target, and the charts, uh, you know, not not awful is probably the way I'd look at it. So, you know, long story short, I think if you've got Telstra, you can you can hang on to it. If you don't have it, there's just so much other better stuff out there probably okay. to buy. Uh, but it will suit you know it'll suit your, your your defensive investor, your yield investor, but you know not your growth investor like me. All right, uh, a beta medical, uh, Ian, what are you on a beta? Yeah, look, very interesting company. One of those, um, you know, great Aussie success stories in the in the sort of uh, biotech space that you, you really want to succeed. But um, I think I've been on the show covering this one a few times. And each time I've, I've kind of said, well, it, you know, great product, but you need the financial case to back it up in terms of you know getting the share price to do what you want it to do. Uh, and it's it, you know it's a company that um, you know nobody knew about then had this great product. Everybody knew about it. Stock went from zero to here. I think it was about seventeen. Uh, bucks a share or something. Last time I was on, it was five, and I said that the the problem was is that it could it could get to a dollar before the financials firm up to the point where it becomes a buy, yeah. uh, and here we are at two. Um, but in terms of what's changed uh, since the last time I was on, which is probably about twelve months ago, um, certainly sales of um, resale continue to grow. So they're kind of doubling their revenues. Uh, every year now, they've done it for about four years on average. Um, so that's good. There's, there's a real business there and there's a real demand for this uh, product, which you know appears to be better than the next best one out there. Um, uh, they've just got uh, recent uh, approval from uh, the regulator in Japan, sort of the FDA equivalent. It's a bunch of letters, I can't remember what it is. So we're gonna see a little bit of a step up in sales coming from that. Um, a couple of trials have just started, one for uh, wound care, the other one is for vitiligo, a couple of other skin conditions, probably expecting um, results on that towards the end of this year and the end of next year respectively, but that's still a long way potentially um, from, from getting to market and those applications if they manage to prove those. So long story short, um, really, really interesting company, lots of good stuff going on. The valuation is actually starting to look quite cheap down here, I think, compared to last time I was on. Yeah. Um, and the chart unfortunately still pretty awful so that's kind of where this analysis stops is when it gets to the chart having said that nice day today up about eight uh, eight point nine percent um no news um we're seeing some buying coming in at two i think it's kind of at the point where a couple of fund managers have gone you know at two dollars i think it's worth a punt and we're starting to see that demand come in so um i think if you've got it hang on to it on the basis that i like the company and i'm seeing some demand coming in at two if you don't have it and this is kind of where it gets to well can i recommend it to my clients look soon maybe but i need to see some of those long-term trends uh, turn around so look watch this space um, there may be a buy on this one okay. in the not too distant So you've future. got to hold on and we'll put you down. I think hold it if you've got it and yep. keep a very close eye on the charts if you don't. Okay. And the, five, the third one to catch up with, uh, Cunico. Peter Cunico over yep. there in Norway. You know, yep. I always uh, come on the show, I talk about companies kicking over rocks in the desert. This one's kicking over rocks in the fjord. Uh, we're at Skuderud out there, historical um, cobalt mine, which uh, Henry's obviously talked about. Uh, this one, look, this one I think you've got to play purely as a momentum play. Um, they're, they're about to drill, uh, so I'll just talk about quickly about the fundamentals, about to drill seven holes um, next, uh, well, they say Q2 of this year. So obviously March, end of March, we're finished. So that drilling's about to start. We're going to get results probably then in Q3, I would say. It wouldn't 
probably be much later than that. Um, and you kind of need them to hit on something here because there's really not a, little, not, not, not a lot else going outside of uh, Scooter Root. So they've got a, a copper um, prospect that, that just literally came up bust on um, some of their um, uh, samplings there in uh, um, some of their fly, sort of flyovers, sort of the geo, whatever it is, flyovers, names escape me. Um, the rest of it is very, very early stages, as in uh, we've got soil assays and a few bits and bobs going on, but not even drilling this year. So if Scooter doesn't hit, it's going to be 12 months um, at least until you, you, they start drilling anything else to get results from. So it's kind of a one-trick pony. Um, apart from that, it, just in terms of the business itself, it was spun out of uh, Vulcan Energy. Uh, these spin-offs generally stuff that they don't want. It, uh, it was a huge... Um, uh, well, look, a significant parcel of shares was given to uh, what we call, uh, what the company calls an investor relations company, uh, but what the the financial media has labelled, and this this is their words, not mine, as a pump and dump outfit, um, and that caused the price to go from uh, twenty cents to about three bucks uh, just after it listed. Uh, coincidentally, uh, the the company that listed it won an award for that, which is a little bit curious. Um, so it's pulled back now from those 360s down to um, sort of um, uh, just over a dollar, I think, is heading back up. Um, so, look, th th these guys are escrowed until August next year. So they're, they're, they're probably still hungry to, to get this going again. Uh, you might see it pop up in your chat rooms. You might see it pop up in social media for that regard. And it might get the share price going. So long story short, if you've got it on that basis, it's worth holding it. But it is not investable right. if you don't have it, as far as I'm okay. concerned. All right, that's it. caught up our caught fourth up. stock. Um, so thank you for doing that. That was a great um, catch up. Um, Henry Darren wants a view on United Malt, saying, "How does this look long term? Is the management any good? It's the world's fourth largest independent commercial maltster." Yeah, um, I didn't realise that was fourth. Thirteen processing plants across Canada, US, Australia, New Zealand, and United Kingdom. They make yeast and for um, uh, a lot of the, the specialist brewers coming out at the moment, yep. boutique brewers, yep. uh, it's caught at a market. Well, it has. It's been around for a long time as well. Yeah. This, this came it's out part of, of Grain Corp, wasn't it? Yeah, this came yeah. out of Grain Corp. Uh, look, to be honest, uh, the management's good. Uh -huh. um, it's obviously a niche market. They're number four in, in, in the sort of the market for, for malt. Very much tied up with the whole craft brewery explosion and the craft beer explosion as well yeah. uh, and I guess as people get back to more normal conditions throughout the world um, we're going to be drinking more beer again we're going to be going out and socializing and going out yep. to Four Pines or wherever it is um, so I don't mind it there has been some rumors of private equity interest uh, the problem I guess for private equity is that this has got pretty good management so it's hard right. to see what the growth lever could be for them to pull rather than just relying on on craft brewing as a, as a trend right um, they didn't offer any guidance which upset the market so it's a bit of a second half kind of trust me story but um i don't mind this one especially given how far it has fallen yeah. you know i think there's some bottom fishing to be done here um mm. so this this to me is a buy especially with those private equity kind of stories lurking in the so background clear. so yeah okay. it's a it's a good niche business yep carl yeah look i get it actually i, I hadn't thought of that angle that uh, henry's talking about their private equity it makes sense to me actually that uh, that you'd, it'd be looked at in that sense uh, look, agree on a lot of the stuff there. It's a niche business. Um, it's definitely a, a, a recovery or reopening play, obviously, as we get back out into those hospitality venues. Uh, mainly, obviously, a beer story, about 85% beer and then 15% uh, geared towards the production of whiskey. 
Um, look, good management doing as best a job as they can, given some really difficult circumstances. Obviously, first the pandemic and more recently, um, they're talking about some issues to do with uh, rising input costs, uh, you know, supply chain issues, uh, all those catchwords that we, we talk about as analysts. Um, on the upside, they're talking about potentially raising prices. And I think the market's waiting to see some evidence. I think the next update is probably around about May uh, as to whether they've been able to do that to protect some of those margins. They've been on a, a, a drive anyway to improve their margins. Uh, so I think the market's waiting for more information. And what we're seeing in the share price is the impact of some of those negatives uh, being borne out. Uh, unfortunately, the trend does, doesn't look good. I mean, the it, it, short-term trend is, is clear-cut down 100%. The long-term trend, if you zoom out for years, is still very much flat. I mean, it's pretty much the same price it was. Uh, well, it's less than what it was when it listed, but it's been in a sideways uh, trading range. So uh, I have to go with the chart. Um, whilst, whilst maybe uh, the, the, the head might say, all well, the numbers aren't too bad, you know, about fairly, the chart says, look, don't go anywhere near this one. Uh, because, you know, as much as I, I can look at it and say, um, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? So as much as I can look at it and say, look, I think there's a really, the bones of really good business here um, in, an, in a really niche market, the, the, the market is saying, um, the market's going gangbusters right now. Money is coming in to just about anything. Um, and, and, and stocks, uh, let's face it, if you add back dividends, we touched a record high today, I'm pretty sure. And yet this one is doing what it's doing on the chart. So you have to say, well, the market's seeing something it doesn't like, and therefore uh, I'm seeing a lot of stuff I don't like. So look, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, uh, look, I'm not even going to go hold it if you've got it. I think there's, there's some opportunity costs associated with this one. So I'm actually going to go opposite of any, I'm going to go sell. Um, right. Defensive stocks. Okay, if you want a defensive stock, um, maybe go for an APA over in the utility space. Um, something okay. like, I did make some notes here. Right. Uh, Endeavour, Endeavour, similar sort of space, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Endeavour, I think the chart looks really good on that. Um, if you want to say agricultural commodities, New Farm, Grain Corp, I think are better picks there. Um, and uh, something maybe a bit more cyclical, Orica. Uh, all, you know, good blue chip portfolio uh, stocks, but looking much, much better on the Okay, chart. so if the fundamentals look as though it might be at the bottom of the market um, and the chart stops you, you'll never pick up anything at the bottom, will you? You'll always have to wait for it to turn. Pretty much, that's pretty much my strategy, right. Koshi. So it's all about probability versus profitability. So if you can get in right at the bottom, your profitability is going to be higher. But you've got to think about and go back and look at all of the, the stocks you tried to buy at the bottom and, uh, and work out what your probability of success was. And I'm going to put to you that your probability of success was very, very low. On the other occasion, right. your profitability was high. So I turn it the other way around. I say, look, I'm focused on probability. I like to buy stocks that are at least emerging uptrends, uh, if not established ones, bottom left, top right. And I say that that gets my profitability part of right. it right. So get the probability right, get mm. the profitability okay. right. Yep, everyone approaches it a different way. Um, and that's great. All right, um, Carl, another Carl, a viewer Carl, wants a view yes. on an aristocrat <laughs> leisure. Um, Carl has a small holding. Uh, current price, he's looking to double up. Um, his question is, with ESG becoming so prominent these days, is aristocrat a no-go zone for the large super funds, large investors, therefore an untouchable part of the, uh, of the market? Um, Carl has no ESG filter. Uh, only sees a great growing business with good management. Yeah, look, I mean, it depends. On, it's horses for courses, like you just said, isn't it? It's uh, it's it's how you how you like to play the game. 
Um, I think, and I'm going to sound like I'm talking to the third person here, but I think uh, Carl, um, who doesn't have an ESG filter, um, it will be fine then. He'll be fine with Aristocrat. And he's correct in saying it is a, a, a very solid business. It's a growing business. I mean, uh, we're looking sort of um, mid-teens earnings growth for the next three FYs. It doesn't look expensive to me, trading on about 23 times earnings, uh, which is low for what is ultimately, let's face it, a, a technology slash growth stock. Mm. Um, so it's well-priced. Our, our value target, I want to say, is uh, 43.67, so 20% upside. And that's that's below the brokers. The brokers have got 45.45 on this and, and almost a unanimous buy. Um, so look, uh, it all checks out there, but then you look at the chart and you say, well, something's not quite 100% right because it is a pretty well-established short-term downtrend. Um, that, to be fair, is really starting to challenge that long-term uptrend that's been in place since 2020. So again, the market's seeing something it doesn't like and therefore I have to, you know, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the sixth sense goes, well, you need to be a little bit careful on this. So before I could um, you know, put my hand on my heart and tell my clients to buy this one, I would need to see the trend turn up to match okay. the fundamentals that, that I perceive. Um, I think there's enough in it to hold it if you've got it. Um, but probably enough to buy it yet. Um, just quickly on the ESG side of things, I mean, that takes many shapes and forms, and I can't speak for every fund manager, um, but some of them will uh, rule this rule this out simply because it does, uh, obviously, their main business is gambling, uh, and, and that is one of the no-nos in terms of the S part, the social part. But in terms of the environmental and the governance, look, as far as I can tell, they're pretty good. Mm. So, again, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Whether it's a factor going forward, um, as an investor, I think, tick the boxes, get a good stock okay. at a reasonable reasonable price with a good chart. I think that's the way to Henry, go. Henry, um, I, I kind of like it here. I mean, forget the ESG thing, which uh, yep. I, I hate pokies. Um, and obviously this is a yep. pokey manufacturer. They have pivoted. That's a great word, isn't it? Pivoted. <laughs> but they have uh, they have really done very well out of the digital gaming side. It's now just under half, I think, of their earnings. Yeah. Um, they did miss out on the Playtech acquisition, that's right. which is why they've been kind of punished because now they're pregnant with what else are they going to buy? Uh, that was seen as a very, very good complementary acquisition. They've now got you know plenty of ammunition to go and buy something else. So if you can take away the ESG thing, I think it's a buy here. Probably one of the negatives uh, that has been affecting it recently is the strength of the Aussie dollar. Right. And that obviously plays into a lot of Aussie dollar, uh, sort of US dollar earners overseas, translating those monies back into Aussie dollars yeah. doesn't look so good. So that is obviously a bit of a headwind. And there's, you know, Macquarie's talking the Aussie dollar theoretical value of 96 cents. And here we Whoa. are. Yeah, I know. Holiday. Yeah. I'm going on holidays. Yeah. <laughs> I know where I'm going. Um, but, um, you know, 75 cents, that's clearly, um, shall we say, aspirational or, yep. you know, jousting sticks, tell them they're dreaming. But um, I don't mind aristocrat here. Okay. Uh, and Buy. Buy. Excellent. Uh, Richard wants a view uh, on strike um, energy. Carl, uh, um, he's saying uh, aspiring to be a significant producer of natural gas in the Perth Permian Basin over your way. Uh, what do you think of strike? Yeah, it's, it's always good to... Uh, get a question directed at you but maybe richard's thinking because i'm over here in perth and these guys are operating just north of me not far that yeah. uh, maybe i'm the expert on it yeah, you, uh, but look I, I, you're at the pub with them I, that's yeah, right. yeah. yeah just 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 down the road uh but yeah often uh you know hanging out with uh, nev power who's uh, ex for uh, fortescue ceo yeah. he's uh, one of the directors so he's in there john uh, john poynton you know, uh, WA stockbroking royalty, he's on the board as well. 
Um, but it's some pretty interesting um, uh, characters. That's the wrong word. But there's some really um, smart people uh, and good investors behind this one. And they've been buying the stock. If you look at it over the last six months, um, yeah, yeah, Nev Power, John Poynton, they've picked up between them uh, over a quarter of a million dollars worth of shares. Yeah, look, chump change for them, but um, still a, a pretty good vote of confidence in, in what the business is doing. And a couple of other directors have been buying uh, sort of back in November including the CEOs. So that's always reassuring for, for investors. You see the chart on screen, um, not quite bottom left, top right, but certainly since November, it's been on the improve. Uh, the bit in the middle of that decline, because what you don't see before that is actually quite a nice uh, uptrend. So that's one we have covered here at Thick Markets. Um, obviously a little bit koshy because it is <laughs> close here to me and I do follow uh, Perth Basin Explorers quite closely. Um, uh, so the bit in the middle is because they actually uh, released their uh, maiden reserve estimate and they had obviously an official um, uh, body that, that uh, gives them that estimate. And it, it, it was at odds with um, some of the uh, appraisal work that they'd done prior to that. So they missed out on about a third of what they were hoping to get on that um, sort of maiden resource estimate. And that's why uh, the price dumped in the middle. What's happened since then, of course, you've had a war in Ukraine, it's sent energy prices up, and then we're seeing this rising, I think mainly with the rest of the sector, but also sort of an awakening of some of the other um, prospective uh, um, projects they have. So they've got this uh, urea project called Project Havis, sort of, yep. oh, I would say halfway between Perth and Geraldton, um, obviously going to, uh, power that with with the the gas being supplied from one of their projects uh yeah it could be interest could be interesting uh, obviously urea prices are rising gas prices locally are rising so lots of good things happening the only things that you need to be right about as investor is they're not making money just yet won't be cash flow positive probably until next year and profitable the year after that so um it, it's mainly about sentiment it's mainly about sentiment to energy prices and maybe sentiment towards um you know urea and renewables they've got a green hydrogen yeah. um upside as well so as long as that sentiment keeps pumping and there's liquidity in that into the market i think it can do well i'm happy to hold it if you've got it but it might be a while until the cash flow start coming okay. in and then um, the real investors start to come in and back this one up henry just try um, well, I think Carl's covered it and some, so um, I have got not much more to add, to be honest. Just a hold? I think it's a hold. <coughs> hold, um, yep. Yeah, it's probably one of the better of the emerging oil producers okay. and companies. So. All right, let's recap the first five stocks. Telstra, we've got a hold from uh, Carl, a yes from Henry, likes at these levels as he does a Vita. Hold from Carl on that as well. Cunico, a hold from, uh, from Carl, uh, speculated by um, from Henry. United Malt, um, a opposite um, uh, ends of the market here. Uh, Carl has a sell on it. Um, Henry likes it down at these levels. Uh, same with Aristocrat. Uh, Carl has a hold on that and would strike a hold from both. Um, here at the call, we've got our own fantasy portfolio up and running. Investment committee meets uh, this afternoon and you'll be able to see it that tomorrow as they look at the portfolio and what goes in and out. Currently, we've got BHB, Macquarie, Minres, Steadfast, Aristocrat, Ordinate, CSL, NextDC and Universal Stores in it, along with smaller stakes in Qantas and Frontier Digital Ventures. Uh, you can see uh, all the stocks 
in the portfolio at ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, need to whip through these in uh, the next 20 minutes. Ingham's, Accent Group, Pepper Money, Red Metal and Ready Tech. Henry Ingham's, the, uh, the big chook poultry producer across Australia and New Zealand. I think they provide all the chooks for KFC and restaurants <laughs> and everywhere that you go at the moment. Uh, what do you think of Bingham's? I think they provide all the chook basically for everybody. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> everywhere. I, I, you know, and the, they've got a stock feed business as well. They've got a stock feed business. Though. The problem they've got at the moment is just costs. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not so much demand and, you know, with beef prices going nuts, chicken is still relatively cheap protein yep. uh, in comparison, but it is just costs that are really hurting them. Feedstock, transportation, labour issues, um, yeah. and, and that doesn't seem to be abating. So for me, at the moment, it's probably just an avoid. Uh, it's showing signs on the charts of trying to bounce, but um, yeah, I, it's, I can't see any real catalyst. You know, you've got high fuel prices, high fertiliser prices, high feed prices, labour costs, shortages, all this. Yeah. Yeah. They're caught in everything that they, they is... They got pincered by the lot. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing they're, they're, they're Inflation, winning Inflation. Yep, nothing they're winning Job on. shortage, the yep, whole lot. Yep, uh, Carl? Yeah, I agree. It's, it's really tough um, for what was a company that was going pretty well uh, up until the last sort of three to four months. Um, trying to find some redeeming features and, and, there, and there will be down the track, but just not in the interim, I think, and that's the problem. So there's yeah. probably a bit more pain uh, before you see any meaningful bottom on this. And I think the chart's also reflecting that as well. So okay. it's one of those where you've got that choice, you know, do I hang, you know, it's a decent company, do I hang on and look past the valley to the other side or do I get out now and try and buy something better and put my money to work? And I, I think you have to be in that camp because your job is to is to get the most out of your portfolio and yeah. the limited capital you have and not let it become more limited. So, you know, I talked about a few other really sort of good blue chip um, defensive stocks, portfolio stocks earlier on in, in the obviously in the show that uh, you might want to look at again. Okay. All right. Uh, George wants a view, Carl, on Accent Group, the uh, retailer of sports and fashion Footwear, uh, Athletes Foot Sketches, uh, Doc Martens, they distribute uh, here as well. Yeah, and uh, the class Clark Commandos as well, yep. I think, Koshi. From <laughs> the, the old last, school shoes. Perfect. The last time we covered them. Um, well, it's interesting, you know, a lot of a uh, lot of sort of uh, higher end brands as well, and they are certainly catered to the younger end of the market. And I would suggest that with sort of inflation on the rise, things become more expensive, you know, petrol prices eating into um, household budgets, those younger people probably not as impacted uh, as some of us older folks with uh, with real world expenses. However, when it comes to buying school shoes and new trainers for for your kids, um, you, you 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 know the parents are going to be impacted, and they may well go for some of those less premium brands uh, than kids might otherwise be wanting. 
and there'll be the inevitable battle of uh, mum, dad, no, this is what I want. And uh, well, Johnny, Cindy, no, this is what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, and all of that creates, you know, potential uncertainty uh, going forward, just in terms of retailers in general. I think a lot of that uncertainty has been borne out uh, in the technicals that the trend has turned on this one. And it's been that way pretty much since Omicron began. So, you know, outside of the more recent inflation, obviously Omicron has taken a chunk out. It's a question of now waiting for some updates to see how much of the business is coming back. Again, uncertainty. I think it's one of those that falls into the basket of United Malt Group, um, of um, the one we just uh, discussed there in Ingham's, yeah. in that um, do you hang on and look past the valley or do you get out and find something better? And I think, again, I'm in the latter camp on this get one. Get out. Okay. Uh, Henry? This is a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Brett Blundy is, uh, is one of the men behind this and he's one of the best retailers in Australia. Yeah. And on that basis, you'd have to think, why is this languishing where it is? Um, Nike's changing the way it does its, its marketing and its, its place in the world. Um, and Accent, as a result, is not going to have access to that brand the way they did in the past. So that, that's a bit of okay. an issue. I think the market is probably identified and that's the reason why it's languishing here. Right. So it's got to pivot. Yeah. Uh, away, I guess, from from Nike, but this, these these are you know these are things that we need every day of the week. Um, there's a big, um, you know, we've got a big budget that's just uh, put money in people's pockets. Yeah. We've still got um, Dominic Perrottet giving uh, money to um, to people, etc. So I, I don't mind it here. Brett Blundy is, you know, one of the best retailers mm. around. I can't see it languishing here forever. Nike is obviously an issue. I'd be nibbling away at this one at okay. the moment, just accumulating. So. Um, you know, it's fallen a long, long way. Unlike Carl, I do try and pick ones that have fallen hard um, for maybe a, a reason that is transitory. Yeah. Love that word, <laughs> transitory. Um, and that will recover in time because, you know, you've got to have uh, a slightly longer time frame in some of these. And the rewards can be great over time. And, you know, you've got to buy straw hats in winter yep. as opposed to uh, just following the crowd all the time. So yep. okay. I, I'd be still a nibble, uh, a nibble at this all right. one. Uh, would you be nibbling at pepper money? Uh, Bruce wants to know. Um, uh, Bruce says um, uh, the PE, the yield, forecast numbers look great. Share price has been heading south. So why doesn't the market like it? Of course, it's in home loan solutions, but also uh, provides car loans, personal loans, loan for professional equipment um, through brokers mainly, uh, pepper money. I, I don't mind this one. and I hadn't looked at it for a long, long time. And the more I looked at it when I was doing some research, the more I kind of mm. it grew on me. Yeah. Um, and as your viewer says, you know, there's a lot of things going for it. I think it's been caught up in the whole fintech, uh, the zips, yep. the, the, you know, square. Mm. Uh, you know, that is an extraordinary uh, rise and fall and yeah. fall and rise. Well, it's, it's I, know, I noticed just, just on our ticker block, Mm. Um, it was up another 8% today. Last week it was down 8% in a day as well. well what's extraordinary is I think that, well, with 8% today, I, I don't know what it looks in the US, but it's up around 80% yeah. from its lows, which is still down 50% yeah, from yeah. its highs. Yeah. You know, and I think this is kind of, Square is, is the barometer of the fintech yeah. space. Yeah. Uh, and I think when it fell, uh, the zips, the... the Everything fell with it and took it all with it. And I yeah. think this one got sort of wrapped up in that. So right. um, it is starting to make a bit of a comeback. Obviously, it's a competitive world out there in home mortgages. Banks, very, very powerful. Pepper money in that space as well. And margins, they have had a problem with the margins, I think, because of that competition. Yeah. But uh, it's not expensive. 
No. And uh, I okay. think the market's waking up to the fact that it's not expensive. So, um, mm. you know, if you're looking at the momentum and the way it's turning around, yep. um, in, in Carl's way of uh, looking at things, then maybe this is one to go on board. Mm. Okay. Carl, <laughs> what's the chart saying yeah. to you on that? I Maybe. I mean, there's a little bit of a, a blip up there at the end that certainly got my attention. That when I looked at it, um, that was the first thing I noticed. And yeah, it looks like there's some demand uh, coming in around here. The reason maybe why it hasn't done so well also is that it is a, a private equity spin-off, right? So it's uh, come out of KKR. Uh, I'm pretty sure who took it private a few years ago and, and then uh, sort of flicking it back out again to the market. And let's face it, if you're buying from private equity you you really are an optimist i think in terms of the yeah. deal you tend to be yeah, getting see, I, I uh, was a i was an optimist with dick smith and Meyer, so i guess you were an optimist <laughs> Jeez. i when they were spun out and and so yeah nah you were yeah, when, it, when it comes to private equity spinning well, it out my response now is always yeah nah <laughs> I mean, we, look, we, the three of us have been in the market, I want, I want to say collectively, and this is uh, yeah. probably not a great endorsement for about 100 years, right, between the yeah. three of us, right? Um, can, a, can any of us remember a single private equity gem no, that no. Uh, was, was well, the, given to the market? I can't. Well, the, the double whammy for me was private equity and a mate was involved. So no, that's oh. why, I, yeah, I know. Oh. We're not really mates now, but anyhow. <laughs> good, good pictures, though, in the Maya prospectus. Yeah, yeah. From memory. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Carl. No, um, I got distracted. No, I'm, no, look. Uh, I'm psychologically damaged by it. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people are psychologically, psychologically damaged by them. Um, but look, the good news is you're not paying uh, what you, you paid over there in the in the IPO. Yeah. So that's uh, that's uh, that's a benefit. And Henry's right. It is really cheap. We're talking about six times um, uh, forecast this year's earnings. It doesn't tend to trade at very high PEs anyway, though. So, you know, it's the banks, the banks aren't going to be 20s and 30s unless you're CBA, of course, and you're in some tear in the space-time continuum. Uh, but yeah, look, I think there is um, scope for um, uh, the market potentially re-rating this. I, I, I like it. It is a niche payer that would, you know, pique my interest, uh, pique my risk sort of um, uh, warning and just say it's not a, a core portfolio holding. It's probably more of a, a half that or, or more of a risk money bet. Um, Having said that, unless the chart gets better, I can't uh, get, get anything more than a hold, which is where I'm at. Right. Okay. Uh, Shane wants a view um, and see all the uh, all the small resource stocks. They put your they name are. on them now. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Carl, um, question for Carl. So I bought shares in red metal as a spec buy years ago. Uh, where's it going? It's sort of in the uh, that copper gold base metal area, is it? Yeah, look, more recently, they've just been focused on the, the, this the spin-off that they're doing at the moment. So it's called uh, Maranan, Maranan Metals. And they've got um, a project in uh, just, just south of the Gulf of Carpentaria, so around Mount Isa. Um, so obviously, Glencore's got the big mine yeah. there. It's you know one of the world's biggest producers of uh, copper, also producing zinc. Uh, and then you've got the Cannington mine as well, so S32's Cannington mine. So it is, it is in some pretty hot um, area. Uh, out there in, in uh, northern or central northern Queensland. Uh, and that is what the company's been focused on. They, they want to obviously um, get a bunch of money to then go fund drilling at 
a, a huge number of projects. I mean, I haven't I've very rarely seen one of these small mining companies with so many projects around the yeah, place okay. and geover- geographically diverse. So WA projects, uh, there's a nickel project out here, then they've got one in South Australia and a bunch of other ones in Queensland. Uh, so that's the focus. Not a lot of work has been done on the other ones uh, and probably won't be for the next 12 months. So you've got to say, well, um, the kind of selling off the jewel in the crown here, instead of say Vulcan, which was selling off uh, the stuff it really didn't want into Coneco, uh, these guys are actually floating kind of the most prospective item to then focus on the other stuff, which oh, you know, okay. is probably probably not too bad either. Um, so you've got to decide, they're going to retain about 50% of um, the new business. You've got to decide, well, what am I getting here? Am I getting 50% of something and then 50% of some other stuff which won't be interesting for at least a year, maybe more? Um, or do I, if I think the other bit's interesting, just go into the IPO and just get the shares uh, when they list then. So uh, I'm a bit confused by it. The chart's very, very flat and not telling me that yep. the market's excited to buy it, buy it now. So uh, it's a pass no. for me. Okay. Henry? No. Okay. Um, they, Short and sweet. Well, they, they tried to flog off this thing uh, a year ago and, and failed. Um, oh, right. This company needs focus. You know, for yep. a $23 million mining company with, with very little cash, yeah. you know, you can't go out there with 17 projects or however many projects. Yeah. Right? It's just, you're yeah. just wasting your time. It's, you've got to have focus, guys. Yeah. Sorry. Sort of, sort of, but what a lot of you guys say to me is these small companies have got to have a story to tell. By the sound of it, they have too many stories. Too many. You need, and a, you, it's just confusing. Yeah. You need a simple story. You see, when you look back yeah. at successes like Fortescue, it was a really simple story: third force in iron ore, cheap and delivered. Yeah, it focused. It's it really was good one point. commodity, one project okay um you know if you're bhp you can spread yourself but yeah. if, if you're uh, red <laughs> 23 dirt, million red metals or you yeah. know red dirt forget it all right uh, christine <laughs> final stock which we'll have to work with through henry and carl uh, christina wants a view on ready tech the mission critical software company henry Mission critical. Mission critical. Oh, they love say. that. Mission critical. Uh, <laughs> there could be movies made out of that. Um, I, it's not one that I've come across very often. I no. must admit. There, they, there they, is apparently uh, they have a lot of government. Yeah, they have a lot of government contracts. It's going in the right direction. Um, it's not the most heavily traded. It, it's looking as if it's trying to find a base on the charts and push yeah. higher. Probably got a bit caught up in the whole tech wreck thing. Uh, you, you know, if you were looking for a spec buy to, for a recovery, maybe this is one that you would look at, uh, especially when you've got a government that's spending up, uh, etc. Mission critical is always good. Yeah. So um, yeah, but it's it's not one that I'd be looking at as a, okay. as a part of a core portfolio. That's for sure. And Carl, apparently, some of the research I read on it said they were losing some government contracts who were going to, you know, some of the big tech. Um, software businesses that are getting into this area as add-ons. Uh, yeah, look, possibly, but the, the, look, the rest of the business is very sound as well. So they do um, sort of your educational uh, workforce management and your um, right. student, so man- that's the student management as well. Into education. That, yep. Yeah, well, that, that's probably the, the biggest part of the business. Um, look, it's one we followed for quite a while. I've been on Osby's uh, previously in my, my yep. week, weekday spots um, saying that this is one to buy. Uh, it did very well. It got a little bit caught up in the tech uh, wreck, as Henry said, but it's starting to make a base and turning up. But I think there's a really good business there. So if it's one you haven't heard on, uh, heard of, definitely go have a look at this one. Uh, and Henry said before he likes to sort of take little nibbles if things are coming down. As far as I'm concerned, this is one of those great long-term uptrends that's had a short-term pullback, and I'm actually prepared to take a little nibble 
uh, on this one on that basis. And I think it becomes a buy. So I'd say just, just take a little nibble here and it becomes a buy sort of above 340. Close above 340, okay. the trends have changed on what I think is a really good stock uh, that is not overpriced at all for what they do. Um, and then I think you can buy it. So definitely okay. keep an eye on this one, on your watch all list. Right. Uh, Carl Kapalinga from Think Markets. Great to have you aboard again. Always love uh, chatting with you. Likewise, Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Good to see you. Pleasure. And see you on the Thanks, Investment Koshy. Committee. Yes, uh, looking forward to very it. shortly. All right, let's recap the final five stocks. A no on Ingham's from both Carl and Henry. Uh, Accent a no from Carl. Henry's prepared to get in there. A bit of a nibble. It's had a massive um, drop and is starting to show some good signs. Pepper Money, a yes from, uh, for the same reasons, a yes from Henry. Hold from Carl. Uh, Red Metal, a no from both. Ready Tech, a no from Henry and a nibble from Carl. Um, if you'd like to uh, whip through any stocks for me to put to our expert panel, do it via email, thecall.ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. See all the stocks in the calls portfolio, ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.